Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and of course, FightfulSelect.com. Head over to Fightful Select. We have tons of exclusives today. I posted the Fightful Wrestling Weekly up two days ahead for uh, subscribers of our $10 tier. Just head over to Fightful Select, check out all the cool stuff we have going on. In fact, tomorrow, I will be joined on the members-only podcast by our producer, Nigel. Jimmy, you gave me grief off the air. You're like, you gotta clear that. (laughs) Don't go over my head! Don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what you had planned, and I have a lot on Nigel's plate, and I didn't know what you had planned. That's why I told you, if you're going to peel the guy off for an hour, hour and a half, I need to know about it. But then you told me off the air it's going to be like 20 minutes, and I said, fine, 20 minutes is all right. It's it's our members-only show that we do on FightfulSelect.com every month. We'll talk a bit of wrestling-related stuff, but mainly just get to know somebody, and he is sort of relative to Fightful.com. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Okay, I got good news for you. Oh, yeah. So uh, so today we're doing this on April 18th, and uh, you, you did a little uh, conference call before this, and you were tweeting some stuff. My good news for you, Sean, is that at my new house, I'm getting artificial grass, and so I'm never going to ask you to mow my lawn. Well, that's good, because I don't mow my own lawn. Oh, you don't? My, my yard is really big. I don't have a mower, and... There's just a guy who does it at a dirt cheap price in our neighborhood. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, I thought maybe you had like a, a herd of goats that just like walked around casually in Kentucky. I and... would do it. 
I would. I uh, would. <laughs> so if anybody doesn't get the reference, because no, I'm not being an asshole saying Sean should mow my lawn. Uh, Scott Steiner was on a conference you are, call. You, you are still being an asshole. I don't care. <laughs> Scott Steiner was on a conference call and made a comment about uh, if Trump puts up the wall uh, and the Mexicans have to leave, who's going to mow the grass? And uh, Sean uh, said, oh, this, this conference call is not starting out well. And I said, ah, people get so easily offended. It's kind of funny because he said Conan was going to have to do it after he beats him, right? Nah, not very funny at all. I thought and it was kind of funny. He's, he's funny. not facing Conan. He's facing LAX. But, yeah, the oh, point stands. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But, so, but then later he called Dixie Carter a dumbass for bringing in the, quote, racist Hulk Hogan. Did he? He called Dixie, Dixie Carter a, really? Yeah, on the, on the call. She employed him for a long – I mean, that's not cool. She also that's sued cool. him. So there's that. I vaguely remember. I remember there was something about uh, – I, I vaguely remember. With yeah. Scott Snyder, there's so much different shit that I forget. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why – you know, sometimes I can make those impact calls. Sometimes I can't. But right. when, when you're told Scott Steiner's going to be on one – yeah, he's interesting. Uh, I'm going to get a few tweets out of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I was going to start the show by – I was going to tell some stories today. I was going to go into – you know, the guy with the Antler Restaurant in Toronto. I was going to go on about that because he was tell actually stories, he was yeah. actually on Joe Rogan's podcast in L.A. Right. So I was going to go on about that. And then when, you know, uh, April 18, I come into the office this morning and I find out that the uh, living legend Bruno Sammartino passed away this morning, broken by KDKA CBS2 out of Pittsburgh. As soon as I heard that, I thought, well – Scrap the stupid, funny stories to start the show. Now we got to talk about about yeah. Bruno Sammartino because he was. You want to talk about the the term legend gets thrown around a lot, right? Yeah, it does. He was the epitome of a legend. I mean, I'm sure Nigel has heard of, has heard of Bruno Sammartino. Yeah, I'm sure, right? He was the epitome of a legend, and uh, so I wanted to talk about him. He was 82 years old. He had a hell of a life. His story is the stuff of Hollywood. Like his yeah. real life was the stuff of Hollywood. Born in Italy. Uh, he was a child during World War II. The Germans took over his town. His family hid up in the mountains. His mother would make the trek down into town to steal food. It would take her, I think he said, like 24 hours to, to go down there and steal food. I think she got caught once. He, uh, he lost some of his siblings. He got sick himself, didn't think he was going to make it. His father immigrated to the U.S. years before he did, so he didn't even know his father when he, when he finally immigrated to, uh, to the U.S., uh, got into weights, became a, a power lifter, and of course one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I was looking up his stats this morning. He held the title, the WWF title, for eleven years over two reigns. Eleven years over Four two reigns. Thousand days. And the, his first reign lasted seven and a half years. Two thousand eight hundred and three days. I get it. It was a different time. Everybody's going to say, "Well, it was a different time. They didn't have TV every week." Fine. It was a different time. But the sure. fact of the matter is, back then, more so than ever, ticket sales drove your business. They didn't, have, they didn't have rights fees. They didn't have pay-per-view. They didn't have network subscriptions. If you didn't sell the ticket, you weren't the guy. And uh, he sold out an MSG every single, week, every single month. He, uh, I think, had the most sales uh, than anybody. And uh, my personal experience with Bruno Sammartino, because I got into wrestling around WrestleMania 1 and 85. By then, he was retired. And I remember WrestleMania 1 when he body slammed Johnny V at ringside. You remember that? And, and his, his son, David, was wrestling British Beefcake. But the thing about Bruno that I remember the most, do you remember when Randy Savage dropped the ring bell on Ricky Steamboat's throat? Yes. And it was a great angle, right? And, they, and, and it led to WrestleMania three between the two of them and, and arguably the greatest match ever. And Bruno was an interviewer. He was a commentator at that time uh, alongside Mr. McMahon on uh, their syndicated television. And they did a spot, a segment, 
where Rick's in the back getting checked out by uh, by doctors, and Bruno is doing this really somber interview outside, and Randy Savage comes over to Bruno, and he goes, uh, how's the hot dog doing? Are they putting lots of mustard on the hot dog? And Bruno, in rage, goes, you piece of slime, and he grabs him by the throat, and he shoves him into the wall, and that was my first, that's my, my, my oldest memory of Bruno Sammartino watching television, because it wasn't until tape, tape that I was able to see this stuff with Larry Zbysko and Shea Stadium and all that stuff. And even though he was clearly older and clearly retired, the man was still not to be, you know, not to be taken yeah, lightly. Course. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that that is that is a real indication that sometimes when when you're going to go in life, you're going to go because Bruno San Martino. I don't know of anybody in wrestling that keeps himself in better shape than Bruno San Martino did to age 82. It's true. Sometimes when you're going to go, you just go and. Growing up, I you know there was no internet when yeah. I was uh, growing up, and WWE didn't mention his name on TV, so I didn't really have any idea who Bruno San Martino was uh-huh. until maybe the 2000s, because there was no way for me to really find out. Maybe the occasional magazine would mention him, but even by then, it's like what's the use in mentioning Bruno San Martino all the time in Pro Wrestling Illustrated yeah. and the wrestler? It was all Stone Cold in the Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, there there was no reason to do that. So I would learn about him later, and I've, of course his legacy will be those championship reigns because so much of his career isn't on tape. Now everything's on on film and on. Yep. It, it's, there's footage of it. I get on any given week probably ten messages, emails. Facebooks, whatever, about interactions with wrestlers and former wrestlers. And this has happened for years. I've probably had about 12 to maybe two dozen about Bruno San Martino, and all are glowing, yep. positive interactions with this man. Yep. Uh, you always hear about how he went to bat for other people who deserved it too that yep. were below him. You are not, I don't want to say below him. He didn't see anybody as below him. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that he would always do for others, and even though the, he was the driving force behind so much of this, he would often step up for other people, and I'm glad that WWE and he were able to come to terms and get him in the Hall of Fame and support him with a statue and yep. put him in a video game even. Like, there were that needed to happen, and I'm glad they did make it happen, and... It's a credit to Triple H, and, and, and I know I put over Triple H a fair bit on this podcast because he deserves it in certain respects. Triple H mended that fence, and if it was left to Vince Jr., Vince Jr. wouldn't have even tried because he thought, ah, it's, 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 a, it's a lost cause. And Hunter understood the, the, the value of having him in the Hall of Fame because he was the last really big name from that era that wasn't in. And, uh, yeah, it's great that he was able to get in there. He, uh, there's, there's, there's two things about Bruno for anybody that's not familiar with his past that puts over what Sean's talking about in terms of him going to bat for people. Larry Zbysko is a great story. Yeah. Larry Zbysko was from Pittsburgh, just like Bruno, and he was in, uh, I think, his last year of high school and a massive Bruno San Martino fan because Bruno was still on top at that time. And Bruno, imagine this happening today, Sean. Bruno is at home in Pittsburgh. Zbysko, a high school senior, goes to his house. And says, I want to learn to become a pro wrestler. That would never happen today. If somebody yeah. just strolls over to Roman Reigns' house or something, or uh, John Cena's house, it's not going to happen. And Bruno said, tell you what, go to college, come back. 
And he went to college and he came back and Bruno trained him. And Bruno got him into the WWF. And not only did he get him into the WWF, he put him in that program with himself. Made uh, him. Made him, yes. And he didn't have to do that. And then you think about Bruno's son, David. Uh, and I've heard that in recent years they were estranged. And I really hope that that changed before he passed. Me too. Bruno went back into wrestling because of David. And he was retired, and Vince was pushing him because Bruno wanted a spot for David on the card in the WWF, and Vince was pushing to get him back in the ring, and Bruno didn't want to do it, and he did it for his kid. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, – you don't hear anything but good things about Bruno. One thing about him, too, is – have you ever read his autobiography? I haven't. came out in 1990, and I've read it. Bruno was so old school, and he was so protective of the business that if you read his autobiography, he actually claimed in the in the autobiography that he was never told a match before. Uh, he was never told the outcome of a match before a match. He claimed. Yeah, he hung on to that. He claimed he was never told the outcome of a match beforehand, which you know is not true. He also claimed he also claimed he never bladed, which uh, right. is also not true. But he was just protective of the business that way. And in 1990, more so than now, you wouldn't talk about that kind of stuff, right? Of course. So, uh, yeah, he was absolutely a legend. I mean, uh, his, his, uh, his numbers speak for themselves. I know he joked at the Hall of Fame. Guess what? I just sold out MSG again because yeah. he, he went into New York. But, uh, you know, 82 and he had a hell of a life. Not much to complain about, man. No, no. And most, uh, almost all of his work was before my time. Although, you know, as you mentioned, he did come back in like, I think, 86, 87 or, or – 85 through 87 and worked some matches. And I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure his last match in WWF was him tagging with Hulk Hogan could against one man, bang and, one man Gang and King Kong Bundy on a house show. One Man Bang would be a hell of a name for a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if they would, you, like, how'd they miss that on a Val Venus promo? <laughs> the One Man <laughs> Bang. You know, yeah. one other thing about Bruno Sammartino and Nigel put up this image. Uh, some people may know this, some may not. Bruno Sammartino is the namesake for Bruno Mars, who yep. is the, uh, the the famous musician now. And Bruno Mars has told the story about how his dad was a wrestling fan, and when Bruno Mars was a baby, his dad thought he looked like Bruno Sammartino and called him Bruno. Boy, that didn't work out. Well, the name stuck, though. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the looking like yeah, Bruno no. Sammartino. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> Five foot one. Yeah, he looks kind of like a troll doll, sort of. But uh, <laughs> but the but the name stuck. And uh, they met uh, the, the image that Nigel put up. Uh, Bruno Sammartino got to meet Bruno Mars in Pittsburgh when Bruno Mars was there on tour, and uh, and so that was great. I think that was only within the last few years that they met. But you know, condolences to Bruno's family. But again, not much to complain about. Hell of a life, hell of a career, and uh, quite the legacy too. Yeah, uh, just nothing but good things to say about a Bruno Sammartino. He stood up for what he believed in, and eventually was was recognized for his achievements in the manner that he should have been for sure for sure let's move on and talk about the superstar shakeup now yeah. um, i have I, I listened to some of the raw post raw podcast you guys did on monday i listened to a little bit of the post smackdown show you did on tuesday and i know that you guys were all over man raw got the shaft and smackdown is the better go, of the go two ahead shows. tell me why you're wrong no you're, no i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying you're wrong <laughs> What I am going to do, once we'll, we'll go over the, the lineups a little bit. What I am going to do is I'm going to explain to you my take on why things played out the way they did. That's what I'm going to tell Vince you. Vince McMahon is in charge. That's a big part of it. Yes. That's a big part of it. And, and there are certain reasons why I think things happened the way they did. But uh, what I found really funny, actually, uh, following your Twitter on Monday, was that 
all SmackDown had to do was get rid of a few guys. Without even, <laughs> they didn't even add anybody at this point. They got rid of a few guys, and you were already saying, "Oh, SmackDown's host Raw already. They're already the yeah. better show." Yeah, <laughs> you get rid of a lot of those guys who worked the same exact style but couldn't break through into the main event. I so, sure as hell. So, so Raw uh, got from SmackDown Jinder Mahal. The Riot Squad, which is uh, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan. Kevin owns Sami Zayn, which is probably the, the the highlight of the whole pickup that they got. And Sami Zayn's freaking the greatest like pain in the ass heel in the history of well, not the history, but currently in the business anyway. Zack Ryder, Brizongo, Natalia, uh, that thing with Ronda. Let's just not even go into it. Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre debuted alongside Dolph Ziggler. I assume to be like his Diesel. That's kind of the expectation. Mojo Raleigh, Baron Corbin, and boy, I could go on about how great he is for an hour. Uh, the Ascension, Mike Canales, Bobby Roode, and Chad Gable. So when you look at that lineup, not a lot of big star power there outside of Kevin Owens. Not not much top-of-the-card stuff yeah. there. Owens and Zayn, are, they're such a versatile act. They're great. They can do comedy. They can do serious. Yep. They can do babyface or heel if they want. Yep. They can do tag. They can do singles. Yep. They can do all kinds of things. Zack Ryder's going to do exactly what he's doing. Mojo's going to do probably exactly what he's doing. Baron Corbin, we know what Vince McMahon thinks of him. He thinks he can break through. Bobby Roode, we'll see what they think of him. Um, Drew McIntyre is the wild card, and he made me instantly more interested in Dolph Ziggler than I have been in five years. So that's a thumbs up right there. The Riot Squad are the most pointless, stable, arguably in WWE history. I don't know why they were together. Yeah, nothing's ever been explained. The Singh brothers, I like them on Raw because they could double up and be on 205 Live and maybe their tag division that they have on 205 Live as well if you wanted to go that route. Mike Kanellis, all due respect to him. Glad he overcame his issues. Don't know why he was hired to begin with. Chad Gable. That's why. Chad Gable, I'm interested to see what they do with him in whatever regard because he's got a lot of options. Uh And also, I like that that makes Shelton Benjamin a singles on SmackDown. Otherwise, we got Natalia, who they want to run a program with Ronda Rousey with. I think that's a safe idea. Yeah. In the ring, it's a safe idea. It's a so step we'll down for Ronda. Like, man. Media step well, down yeah, for Ronda. Yeah, but if she's really going to be around as much as they they claim that she will, something everything was going to be a step down because you can't yeah. make her champion immediately. And I mean, it's a mistake good. if she's there every week. It's a mistake. Because if she is a champion immediately, I think people are going to revolt. Otherwise, you have Brizongo. They'll do the same thing they did. They got to win over the bar, but that's because the bar is leaving. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Wasn't wasn't Natalia heel on SmackDown? Oh, she sure was. But she, listen, listen, she had a ponytail on Raw, so she is clearly a baby face. Oh, now. that really? That was the difference. Yes. She still got the stupid cat ears, even though she's like thirty-seven. Yes. Uh, and all of a sudden, she's smiling and she's around his friends, so she's a good guy now. WWE did get Authors of Pain and Ember Moon from NXT, though. Yeah. And those are big. Those yeah. are big ones. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, but I was watching... if we're watching... talking just Raw to SmackDown... Yeah, yeah. I was then... watching uh, uh, Raw with my wife, because she watches with me a fair bit on Mondays, and little things. I always tell you about subtle little things. When Sami Zayn was going to the ring, and we know that Kevin Owens' music is kind of slow and methodical and whatever, Sami Zayn's going to the ring doing this to Kevin Owens' music, and my wife was howling. And, and my cousin I, just started watching wrestling recently and checks out our show sometimes. Yeah. I asked him who some of his favorites were, and he pointed out Elias and Sami Zayn. 
He he's, thinks Sami Zayn is the most hilarious guy. He is hilarious. He is. And Elias is, you know I love Elias too. Elias oh, is awesome. Elias is great. Yeah, he is. So a move to SmackDown, to SmackDown from Raw, uh, The Miz, Jeff Hardy. And how apropos was it that Jeff Hardy takes the title from Jinder Mahal on uh, Raw and then immediately moves it back to SmackDown? Good, good, good for you, Jinder Mahal. So Jeff Hardy... Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and I, I know you said it on the SmackDown pod, it makes sense that they split Sonya and Ronda. That kind of makes sense? Yes. Uh, Samoa Joe, which obviously is a massive one, and I'm going to go in in a minute while I, why I think this was all done. Asuka, uh, The Bar, The Good Brothers, R-Truth, Sanity, minus Nikki Cross, at least that's what it looks like, uh, Andrade, Cien Almas, and Zelina Vega, and we were talking off the air, but if they ever split them up, Almas is dead in the water. They better leave them yes, together as an act. And uh, Big Cass returned from injury, looking exactly like the old Big Cass, which is a mistake. But uh, And I think you guys were saying on the Tuesday pod, him and Baron Corbin kind of sort of, they're kind of on the same path. They're similar in some respects. Yeah. If, you know? if Big Cass could work as well as Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin isn't like super worker or anything, but Baron Corbin has one hell of a finish that he has went out of his way to protect, and mm-hmm. I respect that about him. Because he ain't doing that unless he's pinning somebody. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way because it looks really cool. If Corbin had that or Cass had that, oh, I think he could go far. Really, that that gimmick that Baron Corbin had on Breaking Ground was great. Where he like he skulls like, and snakes and, he, he, and shit, whatever the he hell was. He was like, he he's he, a, he's an odd bird. He is an odd bird. He looked down on indie wrestlers yeah. for taking that path to get to WWE because he didn't have to. Oh, because and he's I a thought football, that was yeah, ex-football player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought that was really really great. Jeff Hardy, cool. He'll be in the old RVD role. Sanity, I think they're natural to feud with New Day because they're a trio. R-Truth, well, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Dark matches. The Bar, I'm not big on The Bar collectively. Gallows and Anderson, that's a very interesting one because you could do a lot of things with them. I like Jeff's idea of them teasing teaming up with AJ, but maybe going the route of teaming with Nakamura instead and throwing a wrench in that plan. However... Bullet Club related stuff, it, I, I don't know how important it is to them. They were never really kicked out of the group. Mm-hmm. So they still always kind of like low key represented Bullet Club without mentioning it until Corey Graves mentions it live on the air on Raw. Then there's then there's that. I mean, they in the past they've shown some sort of an alliance between Finn and Nakamura. They've done that in the past. So they could very easily have them yeah. go with Shinsuke. Very easy to do. Asuka's a big one. That, mm-hmm. That's a giant one. Absolution, I like them on, on SmackDown. We'll see how that goes. What else we got? Uh, big Cass, I think Big Cass wrestling guys like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan is going to be nothing but good for him. He should wrestle guys half his size. I kind of question if they're going to do with him what they're doing with Drew McIntyre and if he's going to be the muscle for the Miz because it makes sense. Right? What Alex? That's what Alex pitched. And makes the thing sense. is, if they're using Daniel Bryan just to get over Big Cass, that's okay to an extent but you have a like a special once in a generation level over guy that they have already rendered into almost just a guy in daniel bryan a couple weeks after his return mm-hmm, mm-hmm. samoa joe that's just giant mm-hmm. my god like that's that's huge he's gonna be great on smackdown and he's got a proven track record of being able to work with nakamura aj styles and daniel bryan in the past now, a few uh, comments I want to make about this whole thing. So first and foremost, uh, you tweeted on Monday night. You said SmackDown is just sending all their heels to Raw, I guess. It seems like it. One of our readers, Randall at Darth Hoodie, he said uh, they need to feed the, the big dog. Sorry? He's the mole. Oh, he's the mole. He said they need to feed the big dog some fresh meat, and I think he's exactly right. 
I think the reason that they've got Jinder and Owens and Dolph and Baron Corbin and maybe even Bobby Roode is so that when Roman wins the Universal title, he's got challengers lined up. I think that's a big reason why they did that. And guys that he's probably just going to beat. Uh, but that kind of makes sense. Now, uh, I want to give you my take as to why all this played out the way it did. Because I know everybody, I, I saw you guys were, were joking with Alex about, oh, you got to cover the shittier show. <laughs> and Hawkins gets to cover the better show on Tuesday nights. So three points about this. First point is, I think Vincent Mann underestimates the power, the drawing power of the talent. Because he's long looked at Raw as the draw. Right. Yes. Just like when the WWF went national in the 80s, he wanted the WWF to be on the top of the marquee. He didn't want it to be the talent because he didn't want to have to rely on the talent. I think today is the same. His mentality is raw as the draw. And it doesn't matter who's on the show. And we know that's not true. But I think that he thinks it doesn't matter who's on the show, raw as the draw. They're going to watch it because it's an established brand. So that's the first thing. Second thing is I think that he wants to get the ratings on SmackDown and up because it, it'll, in theory, help him with the rights fees negotiation. So that's the second thing. And the third thing, and we're seeing this with the bar uh, because they're going for the Raw tag titles at uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. We're seeing it with Samoa Joe because he's going for the Intercontinental title. Then he's wrestling. I have a feature on this soon. Okay. Then he's wrestling Roman Reigns at Backlash. I think they're going to be starting crossover, talent crossover. And I'm not saying it's a smart thing to do, and it's going to be shitty news for the guys that are lower on the card because they might not get any TV time. But you can see the signs because they got to promote Backlash, right? And, yeah. and the bar after, I mean, think about how this makes so little sense. So the bar, they lose to Brizongo uh, uh, on Monday night when they're supposed to be challenging for the tag team, for the Raw tag team titles at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Then the next night they get moved to SmackDown, but they're still yeah. challenging for the Raw oh, yeah, tag team titles. I think, I think they're doing this short term, and I kind of, I, the, the feature is called Tip of the Hat to WWE for keeping me guessing because they have, they had WrestleMania, Superstar Shakeup. Greatest Royal Rumble backlash within a month of each mm-hmm. other. Within a month. And this is, I think, a bit of a promotion for the co-branded shows. And right now they have Roman Reigns competing for the Universal Championship at Greatest Royal Rumble. He's facing Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe said that he's going to rip that Universal Championship off of Reigns, bring it to SmackDown with him. Then on the Intercontinental t- Championship, Rollins is defending it against Joe mm-hmm. and Miz, who are both on SmackDown and Finn Balor at Greatest Royal Rumble. Then he's turning around a week and a half later, defending it against Miz for his contractually mandated rematch. The Miz is on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Who knows what other rematches will come out of Greatest Royal Rumble and Backlash if that title switches again. You have more rematches out of that then. You mentioned the Raw tag team title situation, and then we have the U.S. title where Jinder Mahal went to Raw, lost it to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy goes to SmackDown, He's going to defend that title against Gender at Greatest Royal Rumble, so it's Raw versus SmackDown there. Right. Then, waiting in the wings is Randy Orton, who already earned a United States title match. So it could be either SmackDown versus SmackDown or Raw versus SmackDown there. I kind of like this, at least to promote the fact that these will be co-branded shows. I would like for them to keep the brand separate mm-hmm. after this for a while. But otherwise, I think it's I think it's good creatively. I don't know if they did it on purpose or if they lucked into it. Yeah, but it is interesting that they're doing that. But I, I guess I just kind of question if they plan, at least for Backlash, because we don't know what's going to happen yeah. with the future pay-per-views. But at least for Backlash, I question if they're going to do the match promotion strictly with promos, meaning yeah. that Ro- Roman will only do promos about Samoa Joe with no Samoa Joe there. And Samoa Joe will only do promos about Roman with no Roman there. I kind of question if they're going to be able to get that kind of longevity out of promos. Sure. I think they're going to be very tempted to just bring Samoa Joe to Raw and bring Roman Reigns to SmackDown. And everybody's been predicting 
as soon as the dual branded pay-per-views were announced that, oh, they're going to go back to doing the crossover like they did before. And I think that that will probably eventually end up happening. But uh, I initially I, I w- sorry. Initially, I wasn't a big brand split. I wasn't a fan of the brand split, but it's just made SmackDown so much more important because no matter what they do, if they have two shows and one brand, yep. they always make it the B show. And of course, for last year, SmackDown has been the B show. Yep. It has been. But for that first several months, it was a great, great program. I talked to some people within WWE wrestlers about the Superstar Shakeup format, and they love the Superstar Shakeup format as opposed to the draft. And I had one guy, I've got a feature on it coming tomorrow, and he said, quote, not working the guys that are working for you is always a plus. It shouldn't be a plus. It should just be the way things are. For some reason, that's just the way things are. I'll clarify that in a minute. I know people who found out uh, that TNA wanted to fire them after they were in that briefcase match, and others who didn't know they'd be changing shows until they saw it on air. That can change a lot for people, mm-hmm. end quote. Now, uh, that's because during the old draft format, they WWE often wouldn't tell their wrestlers. You remember the Jim Ross one? Yeah, I mean that's, Chris the, Jericho, that's the classic one. Chris Jericho told a story where they told him, "Oh, you gotta." He didn't get drafted on the show. He got drafted on the internet afterwards, and he had to make the next town. Right. He was like, "I don't have time to sit in front of a computer and refresh WWE.com. Right. Right. And they wouldn't tell him and wouldn't know this. The people are, even though it's it is short notice sometimes. Right. They are told and they find out before we find out at home. Right. And uh, I was also told by that same person that they noticed that WWE didn't split up as many couples, as many writing partners, as many friends this time as as they maybe had in the past. One notable exception is Jeff Hardy, and you have to wonder what does that mean for him because I I would imagine Matt is nothing but a positive influence on Mm -hmm, him mm -hmm. on the road, especially given his issues, but – a lot of positive reception among WWE wrestlers about the shakeup format, and personally, I like it a lot more that way. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. I mean, obviously, you you were able to get wind of a lot of them uh, early, so yeah, was. Uh, so good I for you was. on that. But uh, the Jeff Hardy thing, I I thought they teased it last week when they had uh, Jeff backstage with Matt and Bray, and he gave them both a hug, and then he went off with Finn and Seth Rollins. They kind of teased this was going to happen. Uh, they tie up some loose ends there. They yeah. did, they did. So so we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, Jeff's been around long enough. He knows a lot of people in the company. So yeah. we'll see We'll see how it goes. A um, couple other notes. Uh, so you were teasing prior to SmackDown uh, taking place because, again, you had some of the teasers. You were teasing that an undefeated team was going to be coming to SmackDown. <laughs> and one of our listeners named Andy Q tweeted, and he said, Jimmy Van and Nigel were coming to SmackDown. <laughs> Thought well, Nigel I mean, looked like that. You all aren't the ad aware tag team champions, are you? Aware You're ads. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Aware ads. <laughs> who pays who pays your damn bill, man? It's not ad aware. What is ad aware? Did I say ad aware? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Did I damn, I'm sorry. Shame I, on I mean, you. Shame I on email, you. I email you every week, so I know I know the name of the company. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's one half or do you all do the free bird rule? Can he just defend them? Uh no. See, I knew you were going to get too protective over that. (laughs) (laughs) You're not letting that happen. Another note, guys. Go ahead, sorry. Another guy who could be seeing a shakeup soon. It's a guy by the name of Eli Drake. I have it on good authority that his contract is up next month. But I spoke to him about the partnerships that Impact Wrestling has employed recently. They have Impact Wrestling Redemption this Sunday with a lot of Lucha Underground talent. Take a listen. 
Impact Wrestling has had a, a bit of a different format of late. They film things at different promotions across the independent circuit. Uh, what do you make of that? It's it's a lot different from anything else we see on TV these days. It is very much so. Uh, I think it's a great move in the sense to uh, <clears throat> bring the business as a whole together uh, in a sense, because you got all these little promotions that are kind of floundering and, and things like that. And, and we, we get strength and unity, I guess, in a sense. Uh, at the same time, the only, the only, Knock, I could say, at it is some of these smaller promotions don't have the greatest production. Uh, so sometimes it, it doesn't look as crisp as it could, whether it be lighting or cameras or whatever. Uh, so that would really be my only knock to the whole thing. But other than that, I think the concept is a, uh, I think it's a phenomenal idea. I th- uh, and, and again, helping everybody to move, um, helping everybody to work together. And it also gets a lot of guys, guys and girls opportunities that they might not have had otherwise because a lot of times you're getting these local guys at these shows who uh, get to work with the the current impact talent and who knows they might end up on the radar there has this partnership between impact and lucha underground would not have happened a few years ago there were even issues between impact and lucha underground what do you think that says about impact's willingness to try different things Well, I, I think it's not just a credit to Impact, but a credit to Lucha Underground. It's a credit to business because uh, there's so many uh, soft egos in this business to the point where people don't want to work together. People don't want to, uh, uh, you know, kind of put the pride aside. They had pretty strict and, uh, contracts, too, if I recall, prior to this. Uh, yeah, to, to a decent degree. But, I mean, you know, if you look at it now, we got a lot of guys crossing over. So. Yeah. So with that, all, with that whole crossover, obviously there's flexibility on both sides. So uh, to that point, I think it's great for the talent. I think it's great for the business. And I think it's great for probably both the companies because now you're getting cross-promotion. We're back on the air. Oh, I don't care. Sean, Sean is apparently smoking stogies over there off camera. Enjoy my coffee-scented candles. That are in my office. You have coffee-scented yeah. candles? Oh, yeah, I do. I've never drank coffee. I, I, I know. We've talked about it. I know. I, know. I love the smell of coffee. Okay. So uh, I want to say one more thing Impact about Jeff. Wrestling Redemption post-show this Sunday. There you go. <laughs> we, were, we were just talking about how uh, All In is doing a press conference at a t-shirt shop. And Sean had asked about going, and we were going to look at flight and hotels. And now he just told me it's at a damn T-shirt shop. And I said, "Man, I'm so glad I didn't book it." Buried as we're trying to get credentialed for. That's no, no, big no deal. but it's it's no, it's, it's fucking buried. Who cares? It's a marketing dog and pony show. Whatever. So oh, yeah, uh, I tell it like it is, Nigel. I tell it like it is. I do. Literally, what a media press conference to promote a show is at a fucking T-shirt shop. Who makes their T-shirts? Who I get it. I get it. But that's not a press then conference. Why is it a surprise to you? It's, a, it's not a press want, conference. They would want to drag people in there to sell T-shirts. Yeah, it's not a press conference. I mean, it doesn't make it less of a press conference. It, well, you know what? It's only a press conference because they press the freaking T-shirts. <laughs> anyway, I want to say one other thing about Jeff Hardy. Uh, because he won the U.S. title on Raw and he's won just about every title now. In WWE, except for the Cruiserweight title, I think. Just about everything else. And obviously the brand split titles. You won the light heavyweight title at one point, so close. Did he way back in the day he won the light heavyweight title? Okay. So uh, one of our listeners, DV, he posted this on Twitter. Jimmy Van is Jeff Hardy underrated or overlooked in wrestling history. 
Uh, and I wanted to comment on that, and you can comment on that too. So in terms of being underrated, I'd say he's not underrated because he's always booked in a prominent position, always. Ever since him and Matt became popular as a tag team, Jeff was always looked at as the bigger star of the two, and he's always booked in a prominent spot. That includes an impact wrestling. So I wouldn't say he's, uh, I wouldn't say he's underrated. In terms of overlooked... Let's not kid ourselves. They're never going to utter the name Jeff Hardy in the same sentence as Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat, and Ric Flair. Uh, he got over predominantly because of his look and because of his aerial moves, the whisper in the wind and the swanton. He was doing that stuff at a time when not a lot of guys in WWE were. Not to discredit what he's done. His accomplishments have been phenomenal. Um, but now that he's turned 40, I think he's 41 in August. Mm-hmm. How long can he keep that style up? Because when you take away those moves, there's not a lot left to Jeff Hardy's arsenal. I think he's already not keeping that style up. He does his whisper in the wind and his swanton, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I think he is given adequate credit in that right. regard, in that right. he has been given like every championship. He's been given main event runs, right. and now he will be in that RVD nostalgia role, I believe. Right. He even was allowed to wrestle a main event match against Sting while impaired. So can you can you believe? That they let that go on. It was really bad. And didn't and didn't trot anybody else out there for a main event afterwards. Yeah, it was really bad. Now, Nigel hasn't seen this. So, do you, have you ever heard of a wrestler called Sting? No, I don't think so. So, Jeff Hardy had a match for Impact Wrestling. Uh, was he the champion, Sean? I can't remember. Yes, he was. Okay. The, I think he was defending the title. And Sting was the challenger, and Jeff was clearly impaired, and Sting clearly recognized it. And as soon as the bell rang, Sting wrapped him up and pinned him. And, and Jeff was trying to kick out. Jeff was trying to kick out, but he, he couldn't. Because Sting, Sting had him wrapped up, and, and he just didn't, you know, had, didn't have boy. the wherewithal. Sting is a big boy. Yeah, but he also didn't have the wherewithal either. Of course. You know? And it was it was an embarrassing moment for TNA. and uh, It was the main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't bad. even do anything else. And the crowd was chanting bullshit. And Sting yeah. said, yeah, it sure is. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, let's talk about the UFC uh, television news. That just yeah. broke. This is very interesting, and I want to talk about this because this could have implications for WWE. Report um, from Variety, it's worth noting. So it's yep. not confirmed yet, but report from Variety. Reported from Variety yesterday, April 17th. Uh, they're reporting that ESPN is going to team up with Fox Sports to put in a joint bid for the UFC's television rights. The numbers, Sean, if this holds true at all, it's, it's pretty big. So ESPN is reportedly willing to pay between $120 and $180 million a year. Fox is willing to pay a little more than $200 million a year. So combined, the UFC could earn as much as $380 to $400 million a year on a new deal. They're currently making $120 million. That means they could triple or more than triple what they're currently making. The UFC, it was reported last year that the UFC was looking to make between $300 and $450 million a year on a new deal. And speculation at the time was that they wouldn't come close. And I, I think uh, industry experts were saying two hundred fifty was kind of more likely. And now they could make as much as 380 to 400 million a year on that deal. And this is where their implications with WWE. The first thing is they have been negotiating with Fox. And if Fox signs this deal, what's that going to mean for WWE? Now, granted, Fox, because they're teaming with ESPN, doesn't have to pay as much money as they would have had otherwise. Maybe well, I, I had heard they tried to get the whole deal for 200 did. million late last year. Right. And UFC was like, no. Right, right. So that could mean that they're off the table for uh, for WWE. Um, the other thing, and this is where it could bode well for WWE, is that WWE's television ratings are traditionally higher than the UFC's ratings. Um, but then at the same time, WWE is a harder sell for advertisers than the UFC sure. is. 
So I guess we'll see what happens. WWE, uh, I think this year they're making $180 million with uh, NBC Universal, and I think they're looking for 250 plus on the yeah. new deal. So we'll see there, what happens. There's a, lot, there's a lot to look at in this because by, by the looks of it, Fox will be paying way more than they, than they already are and a little bit more than they wanted to for all the UFC rights in order to get a significant cut in their programming. So that's a big increase. Also, uh, from what I understand, ESPN might want to run prelims on their streaming service, which would eliminate one of the main attractions of Fight Pass. Now, if you're just a casual MMA fan and you don't care when you see a pay-per-view, Fight Pass is a good deal because you get the pay-per-views like three months later or something like that as a part of the deal. That could cut into UFC's revenue significantly as well. WWE are not going to compromise their pay-per-view shows mm-hmm. for their rights deal. Mm-hmm. So that that's something worth looking at as well. You mentioned how uh, that is a tougher sell. Wrestling is a tougher sell. And it's funny because I, I had always heard that as well. And that's why like we had heard those rumors that Impact's ad sales were so cheap that mm-hmm. you know people uh, we considered looking into getting an ad and stuff like that on their yeah. shows. I think it's a barter deal they have. I think. Yeah. So and it's funny because now wrestling fans spend more money than ever. Ever. They're dying to spend money on stuff. But they but they spend money on wrestling. That's that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um so that's I why mean, like you're not going to see you're not going to see a uh uh, Rolex watch ad on Raw. Yeah, soccer does happen. a fraction of WWE rate. Yep. Soccer would kill for WWE's ratings, but their ad rates are higher than WWE's. Yep. Uh, Golf is the same. Era. Golf is the same. Yeah. So it's going to be very, very interesting. And ESPN and Fox splitting up the rights that will also be interesting for UFC because it is a clear down period for UFC. Mm-hmm. The rate or the viewership last weekend was trash. Mm-hmm. I saw some guy who used to work full time in wrestling media or MMA media joking that MMA media were going to lose their jobs. That's prick behavior. That's that's terrible thinking that people are going to lose it. But right now, UFC has no big stars. Yeah. Will GSP come back? I don't know. Yep. Who knows when Conor McGregor will fight? Will John Jones ever be back? Ronda Rousey's gone. Daniel Cormier is their biggest star right now. The fact that, that the fact that Brock Lesnar is probably going to get offered a UFC heavyweight title shot is embarrassing. Yeah, and he's, it's probably going to happen. He's probably going to get offered the winner of Miocic Cormier, and uh, it's because they have so lim- limited options right now as far as do you, power. do you think that consumer confusion may be part of UFC's deal? Because I mean, Fox, Fox Sports One, Fox Sports Two, Fuel mm-hmm. versus. Facebook, Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. They've had prelims on YouTube. They've had them on Spike. They've had them like on a dozen different channels, mm-hmm. uh, like Ion or some crap a while back. Like they they never stay on the same network. Uh, for a while, it was just Spike, Spike, yep. and nowhere else. And I honestly think the problem is number one saturation, because yeah, you you can literally flip the channels any day and find an MMA fight. It seems. Thank you for saying saturation and not oversaturation, which is a goddamn redundant thing to say, and it's what people always say. I'm Why like, do do people say that? All the time about MMA, oversaturation. Yeah. I'm like, bro, do you not understand the point of the word saturation? Yeah. Well, that anyway, saturation is part of the problem. <laughs> the other part, the other part of the problem, and this is my opinion, the other part of the problem. Uh, aside from the obvious, which is there are no characters, nobody understands the entertainment aspect anymore, all of that obvious stuff. The other part of the problem is because of the culture of MMA, the fighters all look the same now. 
And when, and when you're flipping around, you'll see two guys in the ring. One probably has a shaved head, and they both probably are covered in tattoos. And if you're a casual fan flipping around, you don't know if that's Conor McGregor or who the hell that is because they all look you the same. The name in the bottom of the corner. No, but it doesn't matter. If you, the casual viewers, dude, they all look exactly the same. And that's why Conor McGregor made so much money because he was one of the few guys. Sure, he was a good fighter because you got to win. But he was one of the few guys that understood the entertainment aspect of the whole thing. And that's why I look at a guy like Colby Covington. And if yeah. he can actually keep, continue winning his fights, he will be a star because he understands the Maybe he's going a little bit, he's going a little bit too controversial sometimes. Yeah. But he understands the entertainment aspect. I'd say ninety-five percent of the fighters don't get it. Not to segue into my next interview segment. That's later. But we actually had Chase Sherman talking about Colby Covington okay. and how pro wrestling kind of spawn their beef and we're going to hear from randa marcos and courtney casey talking pro wrestling ufc fighters as well yeah this is that's a big getting getting that information or wdb getting that information about ufc's new deal i don't i don't know how it will pan out for them but i i I see it as nothing but positive news but I'll, i'll tell you this from a casual perspective i have more people these days asking me about pro wrestling than maybe before wrestling is very very hot right now whether whatever viewership or attendance numbers want to reflect yep. that you know what i, I like about that. it too i i like that it's so much more accepted yeah because it used to be that everybody looked at it like ah oh, that's fake fighting that's bullshit and yeah. now they understand it's predetermined but they understand it's entertainment and i find because a lot of people especially within my circle they understand i'm a big combat sports fan and they will ask me you know how was that match on uh on Monday night, I heard whoever wrestled whoever. How was that match? And it never used to be like that because it was just yeah. considered fake crap. You know, having box office Jesus being a former wrestling guy probably doesn't hurt either. Because The Rock, I mean, yep, he he won't he just he won't take a shot at wrestling, and nobody no. tries to get him to take shots at wrestling. He's asked thing. about it all the time, and as a matter of fact, I just I just saw a clip. Who's that British guy, uh, the interviewer guy, and they they drink alcohol on a show? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? I forget his name. He's a, he's a British comedian that does a, a famous talk show in the UK. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He Rock was just there promoting Rampage, and they asked him about the fact that the Moana character is based on his grandfather, High, P- Chief, High Chief Peter Maivia. Yeah. And so they showed a picture of him, and The Rock talked about his wrestling background. That stuff comes up still all the time. And he's, on his YouTube here and there, he'll like look back at his debut or certain matches or things like that. He's not ashamed of it. For right. years, it seemed like... That partnership was done. Right. After WrestleMania 20, it seemed like they were – I questioned if they were going to work together again. Right. Because that was a weird period for Vince McMahon where he didn't want, like, any part-time guys. If you No, recall. but you heard about the contract thing back then, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't it weird how they'll do that sometimes? Uh-huh. I mean, to Dave Batista, even to this day, Dave Batista has ached to get back into WWE and uh-huh. pitch things. And they treat him like he isn't in one of the hottest properties in the world right now. Yep, yep. It's so weird to me. You know what? I was going to talk about Dave Batista last week, and just some other stuff came up, and I forgot about it. So in case people haven't heard about this, uh, Batista was offered Kurt Angle's spot at Mania alongside Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie. Batista agreed to it. And then I think it was two weeks later, he either was watching Raw or he found out that they announced Kurt Angle as the partner, and no one called Batista to tell him. 
Sounds about And that's right. the mentality right now in, in WWE. And I st- I'm still convinced, Sean, I'm still convinced that they're treating Dave like that because of his last stint and because of things like the WrestleMania press conference. I'm convinced that's why they're doing it. Yeah, because- the last stint where he made them very aware that he should be a heel and then they cut his cut his deal short or cut his run short right before Guardians of the Galaxy debuted because for some reason Vince McMahon didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Hunter too, I think. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, one of those weird things. Let's go to stupid people. All right. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Okay, so once a month, I'd like to do a disclaimer as to why the hell we're doing a segment about stupid people news on a wrestling podcast. Because new new listeners might find it very confusing. Shout out to Trevor Strong for the stupid song. TrevorStrong.org <laughs> for the usage of the stupid song. So uh, this segment used to be called WWE's Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames because they're always calling the big dog the big dog. And what else? They have the architect and boss time and all this bullshit. And we created this segment about that counting them every week, hoping that maybe the right people would get wind of it and realize it's dumb and cut back, and they didn't. And if anything, things got worse, and so the segment became redundant. We turned it into a Stupid People News story. Been doing it ever since. Not wrestling-related. Don't care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. That's basically it. Correct. (laughs) So this first one, now we have, uh, I should note, so usually we do three. I got four this time because we have a listener edition. And also, anyway, that's a Fightful Select member. After this podcast, go to FightfulSelect.com. We have Stupid People Extended for members. So check that out. So this first one, this is from uh, listener Andrew Monahan sent this. And it was originally posted on Twitter by a guy named Chris Rickett. And the tag that Chris Rickett used was, for any aspiring journalist wondering if they can affect real change. Okay? Uh, put up the first. Do you have them side by side, or are they two different ones? I can ones? put them side by side. Yeah. Okay. So the UK Metro, Sean, they did a story 
The, the subject line of the story was couples anger at being told they can't buy meat pies before 9 a.m. at Morrison's. All right. So there was an old couple that was pissed off that they couldn't buy meat pies, which is like, you know, kind of a British thing at a grocery store before 9 a.m. And they were so pissed off about it that they actually went to the, to the media and the media actually wrote a story about how this old couple can't buy meat pies before 9 a.m. Now, the reason that this Chris Rickett guy said, uh, for any aspiring journalist wondering if they can affect real change, thanks to that story, <laughs> all right, the Metro a few days later posted another story, and the subject line for that one was, victory for pie couple as Morrison's vows to sell meat pies from 7 a.m. Do you remember when Randy Orton was in that movie, That's What I Am? A WWE Bag movie. He was a teacher or something. No, no, no. He was a parent, okay. and he had, like, one line in the movie, and they showed it over and over again in the trailer, and it was him going, I'll go to the papers if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That's what they did. Right. Because they, they wanted you to think that he's in the whole movie. Yeah, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So proof that journalism works. They got their meat pies before 9 a.m. Hey. Congratulations to – and I, I love the, the term. How was a meat pie constructed? So, uh, so in the picture, they're holding them, and it looks like a pastry, but it's got meat in it. Hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of shepherd's pie. I love me some shepherd's pie. That's yeah, no, this is actually like, a, like a, pastry. a pastry that you can hold in your hand. You ever had like a – well, there's a few different ones. There's like sausage rolls. There's like – But if you look at the picture, it looks like an actual pastry. Oh, yeah. There's definitely Like a those. real actual pastry that they're holding. Oh, so. those look like Cornish pasties. Oh, well, there you go. You shit, you know your shit, don't you? My mom's from England. <laughs> okay, okay. That's probably what it is. Pasties? Cornish pasties, yeah. Okay. They're really good, actually. That's good. So this uh, this first of the people news story, moving on to, the, to I guess, the, the real stuff. This was reported by CNN on April 16th, and this is in- interesting. Do you remember, Sean, I think it was a year ago, Apple got in shit because they had an iOS update that uh, slowed down older smartphones. Yep. Right, and they claim that they were doing it to save the battery life. When in reality, they were doing it because they wanted you to buy a new phone. Yep, and that's why they did it. So, kind of along those lines, uh, T-Mobile. Who's your uh, provider in the U.S.? I have Verizon. Okay, T-Mobile has agreed to pay a forty million dollar fine that was levied by the FCC. And you know why they got fined? Was that they created a fake ring? Fake ring. Yeah, what they did was if you were in an area with poor cell service mm-hmm. and T-Mobile is your carrier and you've got poor service and you're trying to reach somebody and they can't get the call through because they got shitty shitty service, they would yeah. create a ring on your phone to make you think <laughs> that the person's not picking up. They wanted you to think the service is fine. They're not picking up the phone. And it was a fake ring. And uh, somehow uh, uh, the FCC got wind of it. And uh, they got fined forty million bucks. For I am amazed at how that that type of thing is even figured out. There had to have been somebody that was in the know, or maybe this just happened too often. The wrong. Per- wow, that's it's mind boggling that that was even figured out. I think somebody they probably had a board meeting, and somebody probably said, "You know what? Our our reception sucks, <laughs> and we're dropping customers yeah. left, right, and center to our competitors. What can we do?" Oh, I got an idea. That's probably what happened. So. That's just ofery. Yep, yep. This next one was reported by the UK Mirror on April 16th. Uh, can you put up the photo of the fella holding the box, Nigel? Of course. This is a good one, Sean. Oh, boy. A 23-year-old man named Scott Purdy, and we're putting up a photo for our video uh, watchers of this gentleman. He was, in a go-karting, oh. he was in a go-karting accident. And as a result of the go-karting accident, they put him on painkillers. 
He's now claiming that those painkillers turned him gay. He's, he claims that he used to be a hot, and these are his words, he used to be a hot-blooded heterosexual who enjoyed dating women, but now he only wants male attention. These are his words. And he said that for a while he was off the medication and his desire for men disappeared, but then when he had to go back on it because he still had pain from the accident, the uh, desire for men returned, and he said now he is officially gay and happy about it. Well, I like to avoid getting political on podcasts, Uh but Nigel will probably accept and appreciate this. And I don't think it's that controversial. If this would have happened 18 years ago, this would have been in a Mike Pence speech, Nigel. Oh, for sure. As evidence. As evidence. (laughs) There would have been some sort of gay pill conversion camp set up. and Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Does he have his first sit down interview yet? Does he have like is there a video of him out there like So the picture that I is posted Is he sad about it? No, he's happy about it. Oh, okay. He's glad. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. And anybody that can that's listening on uh, iTunes and you you don't have the video, we posted a picture where he's actually holding proudly the box of painkillers. Yeah. Well, so. I, by the looks of it, he probably struck out a few times with female so he broke up with his girlfriend didn't he after this whole thing that's what he claims oh well. yeah i bet he did <laughs> there were so photos they, in the article one of those robots yeah, uh, yeah, the, the the dolls what are uh, they yeah. i don't know i don't know that's what he claims yeah, that's probably what he has this last one sean this is for the sean ross app file god damn right it is and this one has a variety of multimedia sean this one and it was reported by by originally the new york post and later by the local.se, which is a Swedish uh, news publication. So there is a Swedish street artist named Carolina Falkholt. And this person apparently enjoys painting enormous penis murals without permission. All right? And she made the New York Post first because last year she drew a mural in New York City that drew a lot of complaints. Can you post that photo first, Nigel? Sure. So she did this mural in New York City, uh, apparently without permission, got a lot of complaints. Uh, there's a, a phenomenal photo that I'm going to have to keep. Wow. As, yeah, yeah. There's a phenomenal photo that I'm going to have to keep as part of some kind of an all-star photo gallery because it's really good. Amazing. This is a view from a gentleman that lived in that area. This is the view from his apartment when he looks out his window. Put that one up. <laughs> Put that one up, Nigel. So this gentleman in New York, when he looks out his window, that was the view that he had. After this mural was uh, was put up, you able to see it? Just girthy. Basically, <laughs> for any of our audio people, basically all he can see is a dick at his window. That was it. So eventually, it came down. There were complaints, and it came down. So now, this woman, Carolina Falkholt, she decided to put up a new one in Stockholm because she's from Sweden. So she put up a new one in Stockholm. Put that up, uh, Nigel. And apparently she once again did it without permission, and she's again drawing complaints. It was most recently vandalized. Somebody actually put up what were the, what were the signs? Put up that one, Nigel, the vandalized sure, the blue version. One. Yeah, and there were signs. Where the signs say, Nigel? Because I can't Keep see the photo. Keep your penis inside. Keep your penis inside. Keep your penis inside. Yeah. What's the thing underneath it? What does that say? Uh, I think that says something. Not in English. I think that's in... Maybe the Swedish. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe Swedish. Well, yeah. you will be incredibly unsurprised to find this out about me, Jimmy. You have drawn know, penis murals, too. I happen to know a penis painter. My friend, Wai Hoon, she came to my wedding. 
is a penis painter, or at least dabbled dabbled in it months back and uh, did some live streams of it. And I was impressed at the detail in which goes into some of these things. Because, you know, I'm just a typical outline, cock and baller, just sometimes they end up looking like blimps. Uh-huh. It's just not, I'm, I'm not that artistically gifted. But there are some people, including this this fellow or ma'am that... Well, it's very much like Superbad. Superbad, they were detailed. They were like laying in front of tanks and shit. I loved the the end of that movie where they they went through the notebook and showed all the different versions. Like there were were ones coming out of tanks with little dick soldiers. And I think they had like coming out of planes with with parachutes. Doesn't he describe one of them as a veiny, triumphant bastard? Yeah, he did. When he was retelling (laughs) the story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. All right. It's, it's somehow, somehow we're going to move on and talk pro wrestling. Somehow. So, Why? So I know you. if it was you, you would talk about penises for another 20 minutes, but we're going to oh, move on. Damn right I would. So uh, Dolph Ziggler. I have shit on him in the past, and I think deservedly so, because we've talked about how he's kind of been calling it in and all this kind of stuff. Um, he did his latest interview with Chris Van Vliet. And you and I are both big fans of Chris Van Vliet. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a, a big pro wrestling fan, great interviewer, and he's a Toronto boy too. And uh, so Chris was, was in New Orleans for WrestleMania, and he interviewed Dolph at the hotel. Watching this interview, and you can see it on YouTube, watching this interview, all I could think to myself is, Dolph Ziggler, it's time for you to move on. And I'm not saying that because he deserves to be fired from the company. I'm saying that because he needs a change. And I look at a guy like Cody Rhodes, and I think to myself, Dolph Ziggler needs that. Yes, he does. Uh, he needs a change of scenery because if you listen to that interview or watch that interview, he is so cynical in that interview. And all he does for, I think they talked for 24 minutes. All he does is talk about how much he loses. And all he does is talk about, oh, you know, my U.S. title reign. You know, I left it in the ring. And, oh, the Royal Rumble, I was only in for 90 seconds. And all he does is, is jokingly, cynically bitch about the way he's booked. And as an employer, Sean, I'm not going to lie. As an employer, I watch that video and I think, I don't want you. I don't need you. Yeah. So I, po- I pointed out whenever – okay, I'll put it like this. I, I think I mentioned this to Nigel off the air. Before I visited Toronto, I think I had asked for a raise. I've not asked for one since. Here we go. Because when I went there, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just saying I'm going to. I saw a really positive environment and people who wanted to work for you. And that said a lot to me. And I was like, okay, there's a reason why these people who have to actually deal with Jimmy every single day, for some reason, like it. Dolph Ziggler seems like he would rather be anywhere but WWE. But for the last three years, since I've been covering pro wrestling full-time, almost every other month, there's some like Dolph Ziggler contract, Dolph Ziggler contract, coming up, coming up. Resigning, not resigning. What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? Oh, he's left. Oh, right. he's switching brands. He's doing this. If you don't want, I understand the importance of getting paid. It is very important. Dolph Ziggler would do just fine on the independent circuit. But the thing is, if you listen to that interview, he went on and on about his other uh, endeavors. He talked about, oh, I'm doing a movie with my brother, and oh, I'm doing some comedy stuff, and oh, I'm doing this and doing this. And again, between him claiming he's doing all this other stuff. And him kind of jokingly talking about, you know, his, his booking. Again, why is he there? They don't need him. They Unhappiness need him. to me is not worth no an amount of money. It would take an extreme amount, maybe $1.5 million. And you know, and but, you, no, you know what else he said? And, and I, I couldn't help but just kind of shake my head. You know what he said? 
He said the last time they were in New Orleans for WrestleMania, he tried to go down to the French Quarter to have a beer. These are his words. He said, I felt like the Beatles getting off the plane because of the, 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 the attention he got from, from the people. Yeah. He said, I felt like the Beatles getting off the plane. And I heard him say that, and I was like, just get the fuck out. Like, go, go do the indies. Go, go to Japan. Do something to get your head on right so that you can enjoy it again. Because even though he said in the interview countless times, oh, I love what I do, and I've been wrestling since I was a, since I was a kid, and I love it, I love it, I love it, you're not coming off like you love it. You know? No, not at all. Not no. in his promos, not no. in his interviews, not anything like that in the last five years. Well, Forever yeah. has he seemed like he's really enjoyed it. No, and he hasn't. Of course, he did back when that big push was going on. Yeah, but not since then. And like I said, to me, you know, you can get some good offers in this world. If you're not going to be happy, then that's that's a big negative. Yeah, yeah. I think he needs to go go away for a couple of years. I mean, I understand the 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 draw of of working for WWE. Obviously, it comes with a certain level of celebrity and perks and stuff like that. And he's probably thinking, too, uh, I'm going to have to grind it out if I go to the indies because it is a hustle in the indies. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's time for him to give it a shot because he needs to get his head on straight. I'm sure it is hard to walk away from that exposure and from that that regular check and not having to hustle or anything like that. But But Cody Rose has proven that if you you want it bad enough, because Cody was kind of at, at, at his position, yeah, and if you want it bad enough, now I will say this, and, I'm, and th- this is not a knock on Cody Rhodes, but Cody Rhodes was incredibly fortunate because if it hadn't been for the alliance with the Bullet Club, if it hadn't been for getting into New Japan and Ring of Honor, he would not be anywhere near where he's at right now. And yeah. there are there are a hundred other guys just like Cody Rhodes, with all due respect to him, there are a hundred guys just like him who are not having that level of success because they weren't able to hook up with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and all that. Once but, he made the move, it fell into place for him. I put a tweet did. the other. I put a tweet out. I think yesterday that said, "Overwhelming happiness came to me when I pursued what I wanted to do." Cody Rhodes pursued what he wanted to do, yep. and the rest of that stuff fell into place. And I think it was because of his optimism and his ambition that helped him do that. Right. I don't doubt that that Dolph Ziggler can do that. I've been a real cynical dickhead for. I was when I first started working for you. I was. He's not kidding, Nigel. I was. He's not kidding. I'm sorry, did you say when you first started working for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I first started working for you. So things have changed? Is that what you're saying? Of course. I'm a pleasant person now. So we should move on. Let's talk about... Uh... I have friends who paint dicks! <laughs> Maybe that's where the cynicism comes from. Oh, no, that's where the overwhelming happiness comes Oh, the overwhelming... From. I, that's what I should have said. now. That's what I should have said. So um, Rusev is back on... In the Undertaker match at the Greatest Royal Rumble. So first he was in. Then they put Jericho in instead. And it was thought they did it because Rusev made a couple of comments. I think he said, bury me softly, brother, on Twitter. And I think he was uh, interviewed by like TMZ and he made a comment about Undertaker whatever. So they put Jericho in instead. Jericho was do- like doing interviews talking about wrestling the Undertaker. Now Rusev is back in the match at the Greatest Royal Rumble, the casket match. According to Dave Meltzer, the changes were made simply because Vince McMahon woke up one morning and changed his mind. Yeah, he's he's not being fired. He's not in trouble. There's nothing like that. I've but he changed his mind twice. Re- yeah, I've reached out to the company. I've reached out to the weird inquiries address that Rusev had on his Instagram briefly. No response there. But did hear back from WWE. He's not being fired. He's not been fired. He's not in trouble. Anything like that. Isn't it you concerning, Sean? Let me ask you. Isn't it concerning when you are a public company and you are about to sign the biggest television rights fees contract in your history 
probably for close to double what they're getting now. And the decision maker is a geriatric that wakes up and changes his mind. Is that not concerning? It's very concerning. That's freaking concerning, man. It's very concerning. Also, do you think it's co- a coincidence how often Lana and Rusev are on TMZ? I mean, they live in L.A. Nashville. Clearly, they but... live in Nashville. Oh, do they live in Nashville? They are big that's Predators even fans. more coincidental. Because they <laughs> seem to know every time Lana leaves her house. I've never noticed. Lana right. goes to Whole Foods. and Oh, the, do they really? I had no idea. Time. Oh, really? All the time. I mean, Lana, have, Lana was I an actress ask Ryan first, right? how they sniff that stuff out. I'm sure they get leads and they, stuff. Yeah, they absolutely of course they do. get leads. Of course. Like, like the time Darren Young's waiting by an escalator. Oh, hey, Darren Young, random question. Do you think a gay wrestler would ever fit in WWE? He's like, well, yeah, because I'm gay. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm sure they just caught Darren Young there and asked right. him that one question. Right. It's all – I mean, we, we, we've talked about this in the past. This is how the Kardashians make most of their money yeah. is by calling the paparazzi to say, we're coming in on this LAX – flooded LAX at 3 p.m. That's how they do it, man. Jimmy, let me ask money. you a question. Do you think a podcast host could ever wear a dark blue polo on the Listen You Boy? <laughs> do you think that would ever work out? A dark blue polo. Yeah. This isn't really dark blue. It's kind of, well, I guess it kind of sort of is dark blue. Breaking news. Fightful.com. You can get more goodies like this at FightfulSelect.com. That was your segue to the plug? That was it? Yeah. Of course. I guess That's the best you could like come up with? Hot news. Uh, nonstop. Is that is a that a shot of the news. Sports Illustrated guy? Is that what that was? No. No? That was bad, though. That was I, bad. That, that makes me okay. So I don't like to tear people down and stuff, but that was real. No, bad. we can mention it. So the guy from Sports I mean, Illustrated now bad news for six months. I know, I know. The, the guy from Sports Illustrated, and I'm paraphrasing, but the guy from Sports Illustrated said, "Breaking news: uh, the Grizz Royal Rumble is going to be a Royal Rumble." That's like basically he said, okay, what he they're going to be separate entrances. Yeah. And yeah. I go, huh? Uh-huh. And he'd put on there. Well, I thought they would start off with twenty and then do thirty entrances. That'd be so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you assume that? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, Okay, so let's move on. So so Greatest Royal Rumble, it's continuing to take shape. So we talked about how the bar is going to wrestle Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt for the Raw titles. The bar is now on SmackDown. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, or as you called them, Shinsuke Kakamura. Kak Nakamura. (laughs) Okay, Kakamura sounds better. No, cock Nakamura because he's cock knocking everybody. No, because then knock would come before cock. Because you're knocking the cock, Sean. Cockamore sounds better. But haven't you ever seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Been way too long. I don't remember. Cock knocker on there. Oh, Mark I did Hamm- that. I that I didn't know. I didn't know that reference. Yeah, Nigel's Mark nodding. Hamm- the Star Wars guy. Huh? His best role ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Nakamura is getting a rematch with AJ Styles at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, and we mentioned that Rusev is going to be uh, taking on The Undertaker. I think it was Big E that said, this is like another WrestleMania. They feel like it's WrestleMania. Yes. How much money are they getting? They're a public it's, company. They have to reveal this stuff. It's got to be an insane amount, right? I want to know how much. Do you want to take bets? Well, I mean, not for any financial amount because I guess – in a sense, you're my Saudi Arabia because you pay me. But <laughs> so I'm not gonna turn around and give it right back to you. But 
over are we gonna like guess over the ten years or like per year? Like, no, for this show. For this show, man, they're flying fifty wrestlers there that yeah. we know of. Yeah, Great Khali's being advertised for the thing now. Is he? Yeah, that's what I heard. He was on some advertising there for. I didn't it. hear about that. Is Rey Mysterio confirmed? No, not yet. It's I just a think. rumor still. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a shot. So it's it's sixty thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about ticket sales or anything, but it's sixty thousand people. Uh, I'm assuming they're gonna broadcast it locally as well. I'm assuming because there must be more in it for the Saudi government than just you know having it in, in the in the arena or the stadium. Like you said, flying people in when they do live television, it's more expensive with satellite and stuff like that. Yeah, Undertaker's coming in for it. I bet you Taker's getting at least a quarter of a mil just for that match. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say fifteen million. One five. Fifteen million. million. Yeah. Um, just, I'm just trying to think of what live gates are for like the Royal Rumble, generally. Yeah, but uh, do you know anything about ticket sales? Because I don't know how it relates usually in that market versus the U.S. No. Um, yeah, that's gonna it's be a rich it. country. Could they could they be selling them for two three hundred bucks a pop? I have no idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna inquire about that. Oh man, it's it's so tough because it's it's got to be a ton of money. It's got to be. Uh, this is a major ingest, in, in, investment from the I think the Crown Prince or whatever right. it is in Saudi Arabia to yeah. try to get more sports in Saudi Arabia. So I say eight figures. I'm gonna say fifteen. Yeah, I, I would say eight figures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it comes out because they are public, so it's got to come out at some point in some way, right? So yes, uh, Pat Fannin says that Kali and Mysterio are both on an image on WWE Network. Really? Well, for for the Greatest Royal Rumble, really? Jericho was also on an image on WWE.com saying that he was going to have a casket match with The Undertaker, so I know. we'll wait and see. They really, again, when you have, what is Vince now, 72? How old is Vince now? I think so. 72. And this is the guy that's leading the creative direction of this massive conglomerate entertainment company. Seems like he's been between 70 and 72 forever. Yeah, maybe he's older. He could be older. Yeah, he's 72. He'll be 73 this August. All right. His okay. birthday's like a week before mine. All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about Randy Orton. Did you hear, did you hear about this one? So uh, Randy Orton, what? this this was reported by TMZ. Randy Orton's tattoo artist, woman by the name of Catherine Alexander, yeah. is suing WWE and 2K Games for using the tattoo designs, which he owns the copyright to, without her permission. And she says that she first brought it up to them in 2009, and they offered her 450 bucks. For the rights in 2009, and she turned it down. Now, Andrew, put up this photo. This is a shot from the game, and as you can see, this is from 2K18. You can see how realistic that is, and you can see that they very clearly are using Randy Orton's tattoos. I mean, it's 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 obvious. They scan him, yeah, yeah, they scan him. Uh, now there is precedence here, and you might have heard about this one, Sean, and you might have heard about this one, Nigel. Back in 2011, a tattoo artist named S. Victor Whitmill filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against Warner Brothers because uh, the Hangover 2 had Mike Tyson's face tattoo on Ed, what's his name? Ed. Oh, Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Yeah. And uh, he claimed that he owned the copyright because he was the one that created the design for Mike Tyson. He, uh, he uh, filed suit against Warner Brothers, and it actually got to the point when the movie was about to come out where Warner Brothers thought that they were going to have to digitally remove the tattoo. Because they thought that they weren't even going to be able to get it through. They ended up settling at a court. And so they were able to keep it going in the movie. Uh, I think the same thing's probably going to happen here. I think that's probably going to be settled at a court. But here's my question for you, Sean. I talked about the culture in MMA today where tattoos are prevalent. 
It's pretty prevalent in uh, in uh, pro wrestling and in WWE as well. We have WWE games coming out every year. We have UFC games coming out every couple of years. Could this become a trend where tattoo artists copyright their work, and then when the fighter or the wrestler is in the game, they're hitting up the company with a lawsuit looking to get money for that copyright? Well, I know that they pulled like the, the a lot of CM Punk's tattoos out because for that reason for the, because those were very blatantly copyrighted and stuff like that, but. There was a case dismissed, I think, three weeks ago over a tattoo artist who sued 2K Sports over LeBron James's tattoos. Really? Just throw, thrown away. And I think the judge said it was uh, impossible to uh, apply that to this type of video game. Uh, and I don't think it'll go anywhere. But how is it different than the movie? Except for the movie. I mean, uh, the mo- well, games the today movies. make a shitload of money. So it's, it's you games know. Games do. Yeah, so it's it's not like you can say, well, it's a blockbuster movie versus a game. Games make a lot of money. So I'm yes. curious what the difference is. It's going to be a tough one. And, I mean, to me, I think the person who pays for the goddamn tattoo should have the rights. And, see, I guess this is where I'm out of the I'm out of the, uh, the, the no, Nigel. I don't have any tattoos. I'm out of the no. I thought the person getting the tattoo came up with the concept for the tattoo. I didn't realize that the tattoo artist is coming up with the designs and copywriting them. That was all kind of new to me. Here's where it might be different. Uh-huh. I'm just going out on a limb here. With the Randy Orton thing and the thing that Sean just mentioned with LeBron James, yep. those are cases where the tattoo is actually on the person. In the case with Ed Helms, it was Mike Tyson's tattoo on Ed Helms. Maybe that makes a, a difference. That he actually, maybe because it's not actually on the person. Maybe. I'm, maybe. That's one small... Like hair to split, but I'm maybe that makes a difference. Hmm. Well, listen, I know a lot of really respectable penis artists out there who have copyright protected <laughs> work, and I will support. Them. I don't know, but I guess we'll see what happens. I, I was going to talk about this one earlier, and I forgot, and I just happened to notice it on my sheet, so I guess I might as well talk about it now. Uh, one of your favorites is launching a new weekly podcast, and uh, where is he, buddy? Back here, Mr. James Ellsworth. How does he call that the ho- the the duh cast instead of the hog cast? Are they really calling it that? Yeah, come it's on. called the, it's come called on. the duh cast. Come on, Dennis. Come on, James. Call it the hog cast. They're they're <laughs> calling it the duh cast. Yeah. Why? I, I mean, because he said duh a lot on WWE TV. But that's stupid. Nobody hey. knows that. That's not a catchphrase. I mean, it was it was his deal. I don't know. All Anything right. else to add to this? No. Well, I want to ask your thoughts on it because apparently the co-host has been trying to work with us. You're telling me he wants to work with us? God, put it out there on the air. No, yeah, who cares? I, whatever. About some some partnership related <laughs> stuff and uh, inquired. Sean about hates it when I talk about stuff on the air, and you I, know I, I don't care, Nigel. Fucking crap. I don't care. On the site that I run. No, I like to do this on purpose. I like to throw it at you, man. I like to throw I it at you. How you can help us and ask, uh, like, what we're looking for on our podcast network before. Is Ellsworth uh, familiar with the fact that I have a... He has to be. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted How it to him. he not? I tweeted it to him. There there have been too many coincidences over the last 18 months, 16 months, Yeah, for me to think, because either... The, there's just no way that they he's did not... Know. Yeah. I mean, maybe think, he doesn't... I don't, I'm not going to say he watches or anything. Yeah, no, no. Well, he might. You know, Do, do you think he got the intergender, uh, intergender title idea for me? Or the ya boy from me, or the... Does he say uh, ya boy? Used to, all the time. On Really? I didn't know that. But, uh, maybe it could be a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. Well, I thought I'd bring that up. We'll see what happens. Well, um, I'll see what happens after this clip that I've been trying to segue <laughs> to for the last five goddamn minutes of UFC stars talking pro wrestling. Here you go. We saw that Ronda Rousey has left the UFC to go to professional wrestling. Uh, what are you, what are your, sort of your thoughts on that as a fellow fighter? Honestly, I think that's good for her. You know, like she she left. I think that she was really devastated with the way things were happened in MMA, and and she's got another another way to get still continue doing what she loves, and and that's WWE. So I think that's awesome for her. Would we ever see uh, Quiet Storm make the transition to pro wrestling? Because uh, you've already got the gimmick with the red hair and uh, you know the the yeah. nickname and everything. Well. When I win the title and I defend it a few times, maybe I'll I'll think about it. Interesting. Okay, so the door's no open potentially. Okay. I would definitely not say no to that offer. Okay. What about um? Did you watch it growing up? Like, were you a fan at all uh, when you moved to Canada? Yeah, for a short period of time, I did watch it. I watched like the old school uh, WWE, and it was like uh, Rikishi and uh, you know those those people. <laughs> That's when I used to watch it for for a short period of time, and then I stopped watching it. Okay, yeah, the Attitude Era. It seems like a, like I was the same way. I used to watch the Attitude Era, which was like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and all that. And then I just I lost interest. I think like a lot of people, it's crazy how that worked. Yeah, when you start doing MMA, you realize how real MMA is and how staged that stuff is. And it's like it kind of gets boring after a while. I don't know. Yeah, but no, no. Uh, it's it's better to punch people in the face uh, for real. Am I right? Yeah, see people bleed and <laughs> tap out, and you know I find it more interesting, but. I know you're not looking past your opponent here, but I'm sure, uh, you know, you want to get a, a quick turnaround or something like that. Uh, if, you, if you come out healthy and everything, are you looking to get in there right away or do you want to take some time or are you just going to kind of see how the fight goes? Um, you know, I, I'm always ready to go. Um, you know, uh, just really focus on this one. But if something comes up afterwards, if I come out clean, like I said, like I'm ready to go. I'll, you know, I tell them right after the fight, put me in. If you need a short notice or, or you need, a, you know, someone to step up and, and take some fights, um, I'm always ready to go. So. Hopefully I come out, um, you know, good out of this fight and I can get another fight in before the end of the year. I'd like to get two because I fought so so late last year. So I'd like to get two in this year for sure, if not um, if not three. Excellent. Uh, big news right now, obviously, is Ronda Rousey uh, leaving the UFC and going to professional wrestling. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, is that something you're kind of paying attention to or you're just like, ah, whatever? Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> good for her. You know, she's, do, do what you got to do, you know. Um, I know I, I – Obviously, you know, following her for, for such a long time in MMA, like, you could tell, like, you know, she was really into, you know, wrestling and, and the kind of group of girls she hung out with were all kind of into that. So I think it's a, it's a good transition for her. Um, I think she has, you know, the marketability over there. And, you know, I definitely think it's a good choice. Excellent. Uh, pro wrestling, I, I take it, did you never watch it growing up? Or are you not a fan? Uh, I mean, I watched it here and there. I mean, not really like a super fan, but I mean, I watched it. I watched it. Yeah, so we, we I posted a a video like a little wrestling video, and it was like really really bad, like choreographed wrestling. You know what I mean? And it said grown men watch this, and then it went viral because all of like the there's a big I didn't realize there was such a big WWE and wrestling following, and it went viral. And I guess Colby is a, a fan of that, and he he retweeted it. And so, oh, look, Chase Sherman woke up from getting knocked out again, and then it kind of just went from there. So, but, uh, yeah, nothing's happened since. You know, he, he's got his big fight coming up. I'm not really worried about him. He's a piece of shit, so. And we're back. 
I just uh, oh, you got the mug today. Did you go get to get the mug? You went to get it. That's nice. So how many of my mugs that I paid for have you taken and given away and and are using now and stuff? This is the only one. It's the only one. It's the only one. Your wife doesn't have a FIFA mug too, or no? I mean, she she will if you sign off on it. But uh, how many of you broke? Zero. Oh, that's good so far. That's Although good. the the people who delivered it did have the this side up, definitely the wrong side. So well, you're in you in Kentucky, so you know. That's right. You all can get this in one of the sponsor <laughs> tiers of uh, FightfulSelect.com. I love how he knows sold that. He, go, he goes, that's right. <laughs> trying to do a goddamn pitch here to make you money, Jimmy. Uh. On sponsor tiers at FightfulSelect.com, you can choose this to uh, sponsor one show. You'll get a mention. You'll get to pick what kind of content you want to see on Fightful Select. Also, we have even higher sponsor tiers where you can uh, sponsor a month or six-month blocks of Fightful Podcast programming and even be flown out to Toronto. The real big high roller package gets you six months of sponsored ads on Fightful.com podcast, a trip to Toronto, and most importantly, the Jeff Jarrett laser-engraved guitar. Where is it? I don't see it. (laughs) I don't know where the hell I put it. It might be of more value. It might be of more value now that he's in the Hall of Fame. There you go. It's full size too. That's all right. It is not tuned. Uh, can you play? Oh hell no. Okay, at least you're honest. That's good. You know <laughs> Nigel can. Nigel's a, a musician. Did you know that? Yes, I'm aware. Okay. So uh, I do my extra work. Did you hear about Daniel Cormier's <laughs> latest news? Which bit of news? So uh, Ariel Helwani reported yesterday, which would have been April 17th, that Daniel Cormier has accepted the position of head wrestling coach at the Gilroy High School in Northern California. That's the area that he lives with his uh, family. And he's going to earn $0 for that yeah, job. He's giving, he's giving his salary to his assistant coaches. To assistant coaches. And I heard about that news. Now, anybody that's a wrestling fan and you're not an MMA fan, uh, Cormier was an Olympic wrestler for the U.S. before going into uh, MMA. And he's currently the UFC light heavyweight champion. Now, whether you're a fan of Daniel Cormier or not, as a, either a, uh, as a fighter or as a commentator, uh, from where I sit, he's just a quality guy. Like, I just, I just think Daniel Cormier is just a quality human being. And how many guys would have done that? Not only is he – because he's a busy guy, you know? Very busy. Fox busy. too. Yeah, and not only is he giving, giving his time to this high school, but he's going to do it for free. Like, shout out to him. That's, that's just a quality Said thing that he do. would consider doing some pro wrestling commentary in the future too, and I think he is outstanding as an MMA commentator. Or at least early on, he did call the end of fights a little too early last weekend. But mm, mm. There you go. Good for him. Uh, I want your opinion on this one. Uh, Nigel put up the uh, the booty image. Sure. Oh, and I want Sean. I just want your opinion on this. So there was speculation that the new day was going to split up as part of the superstar shakeup. I, for one, did not think that was going to happen. And the reason I didn't think that was going to happen is that they're too much of a merchandise machine. Uh, and I found out around the same time that the Superstar Shakeup was happening or being planned that this image Sean's putting up, uh, Nigel's putting up, is a latest piece of merch. It is an autobiography of the New Day called The Book of Booty. So what I wonder, is it like an autobiography of their friendship or them individually? How does that work? So I looked at the, the back cover because the back cover – because initially when I was reading some of the stuff about it, it looked like it was one of those kind of inspirational – yeah, positive bullshit books, which I'm sure it is to a degree. But 
the back cover said uh, there was there was verbiage about how uh, there were three guys uh, not not really going anywhere professionally individually who came together and enjoyed success. So I think it's about their wrestling career coming together. But then I also think there's a bunch of bullshit. Okay, in there. So. Probably is, but uh, by and large, WWE autobiographies have been very good. Daniel Bryan's was incredible. Yes, uh, Chris Jericho's most of his books were good. McFoley's books McFoley. were good. Yep, yep. I think one of the only ones I didn't enjoy was Edge's because it was so early in his career. It was just kind of weird. I had trouble with Dusty Rhodes. I actually uh, I, I stopped reading Dusty Rhodes's book about halfway through. Never went back to it. Really? It was too. I'm the greatest of everything. Yeah. Like, with all due respect to him, it was too much of I'm the greatest of everything, and anything that went bad wasn't his fault. Yeah. And so halfway through, I just kind of lost that. interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this is an interesting one. I want your take on this one. Shane Douglas has a podcast called the Triple Threat Podcast. Yeah, we run stories from it all the time. Okay. Well, I actually got this from a fightful story about the podcast. Oh, there we go. So on his podcast, After Mania, he suggested – that Vince Russo should be vindicated for the David Arquette booking decision in WCW due to the Nicholas booking at WrestleMania. Your thoughts? One bad decision does not excuse another one. Okay, that's your that's your opinion. Yes. Okay. It should no. That should not vindicate someone else's bad decision just because WWE made one of their own. Now, so, does does that mean that? Maybe WWE shouldn't bring it up so much. Yeah, probably, because this is a pretty damn big, dumb decision of their own to do that. I mean, I don't get it. So here's my opinion. My opinion is kind of twofold. The first opinion is that WWE doesn't really have any competition today. And so I think that they're less concerned about booking decisions than they were when they were in the Monday Night War era. That's number one. Number two, I feel like, because I think you'll agree with me on this, because we've, we've you know, vented about it. I think that fans have become so desensitized by shit booking and by shit creative decision making over the years that when they do something like bring in a ten year old to be one of the tag team champions, we don't act like, oh my God, this is this is how could they? How could they? Our reaction is that was stupid. Our reaction is like well of course they're doing it to sell some merch because that's Instead of relying on the quality of your program to sell the product, mm-hmm. it's let's do something like this. It's dumb. It was a bad idea. It, it was, was a dumb idea. idea. Uh, Nicholas got over for a hot minute. Good yep. for him. It was I dumb. don't care. It, it was, was bad. It yep. was the shits. So the show is almost over. So what you always do at the end of the show every week is mm-hmm. you always say to me, so Jimmy, what do you got going on this week? You always mm-hmm. ask me about that, right? Yep. So this week, I'm going to ask you, do you think there's any possibility that you, on your own dime, could find your way to Ontario, Canada this Saturday, April 21st? think there's any possibility that could happen? Yeah, there's a possibility, sure. Okay. So although, this... although, depending on how much snow is on the ground right now. No, it's, sure. it's good. It's good. We're above okay. zero now. It's good. So the reason I asked, Nigel's going to put up this graphic. There is a delay, so Sean won't see it for a few seconds. The reason I'm asking is that this Saturday... Is it Vatura's birthday extravaganza? Uh, Happy not, birthday, Vatura! Yeah, not Saturday. Not Saturday. <laughs> this Saturday, there is an event happening called Planet Cat. <laughs> and it's being run by PetSmart, which is a, uh, a uh, pet retailer in Canada. Uh, I got an email because, you know, I acquire things for my cat at, at PetSmart. <laughs> 
So they're they're doing an event called Planet Cat. And when I saw this, I immediately thought of Sean Ross Sapp, and I immediately thought, I wonder if it's worth the drive for Sean Ross Sapp to come up here and go to Planet Cat. Well, I would definitely fly. I, I'm not much of a driver, but hmm. I, I'm, I'm He's tempted, to... Nigel. Did you see that? He's tempted. I'm not. I'm Planet actually Cat. very pumped about this UFC Atlantic City show that's coming up this Saturday. But I'm Who's not on that there. one? Kevin Lee, Edson Barboza. There's some good fights on there. That's it's a hell of a card. You know, yeah. I hate I hate to say this, man. There are so many shows now that even a, a good matchup, I'm not interested in it unless it's a big name because there's That's just so many Corey shows. Corey Gaethje did trash numbers despite everybody knowing it was going to be one of the great fights. I like how you just glossed over Vitura's birthday like it wasn't. No, important. I said happy birthday to her already today. I did. I know. I'm just saying. Previously on this podcast, she has been concerned about how I talk to you. Yes, she and is. Here I am trying to give her some shine, and yeah. you're just <laughs> who cares about Vitura? She did. She said, "I can't believe you let Sean talk to you like that because you would who? never tolerate that." She did say who, that. who maybe <laughs> taught me the biggest part of that lesson about loyalty on that evening because she was real concerned that she had upset. I think you were Greg one. She, yes, and she's still very loyal to me, very dedicated employee. So, but I made sure to let her know. Sean knows only during the podcast can he talk like that. Off the podcast, I'm going to take care of business. Told her that. That's true. That is true. It is for entertainment purposes only. But uh, before we go, I wanted your opinion on some of these numbers. Of all the SmackDown Live clips yesterday, Mm -hmm. which are a pretty good gauge of individual interest, Jay Uso versus Harper clocked in at number two with 1.4 million. That's a shock to me. Rusev and Aiden English against Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles did a million. That's These are very good numbers for 4.30 p.m. the next day. The Bludgeon day. Brothers beat AJ Styles and Rusev and Daniel Bryan? Yeah, and Jeff Hardy got the most, 2.4 million. Jeff Hardy is uh, uh, going to crack a million with his Jeff Hardy or his uh, Shelton Benjamin match as well. Asuka's going to crack a million. That's looking real good. Jeff Hardy doesn't Rob- surprise me. Yeah, Ronda Rousey on Raw, 4.6 million. Wow. Then we have uh, the main event, 1.8 million. Ziggler and McIntyre, 1.2. That's a really, really strong number for something like that. Jinder Mahal, 1.3 million. And then his match against Jeff Hardy, 2.5 million. So it seems like a bit of a collaboration there. Uh, All the India traffic, they made about a buck and a quarter on that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. So let me it ask you this, Sean. That the, the superstar shakeup, at least from a, a, an interest perspective, seems to have succeeded. Let me ask you this. So, you know how when Braun Strowman was being built and he was this indestructible monster and all that, and he got over and, and it's all fine and good. Do you think? Because I look at the Bludgeon Brothers and all I see is the Wyatt family guys that they repackaged. That's what I see, and they're yeah. carrying and they're carrying around Thor hammers, which is dumb. That's what I see. Fair. Do you think that a lot of fans are actually looking at this as the Braun Strowman of tag teams that are like just cutting through everybody like a knife through butter? And do you think they're actually getting over? Oh, it's tough to say because people are familiar with them. But the thing is, as a tag team, they've always been booked pretty well, at least as a team. It's just what I've always said. Those three guys, those two and Bray, could never stay healthy at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think their familiarity is part of the reason why they're getting over and maybe excusing this weird hammer gimmick because people just know who they are now, and they know they are a couple of badass guys. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't guess. expect that, though. No. Uh, $1.4 million for a match that lasted about a minute. So. Hopefully it's not the Usos that are getting it, that are getting that traffic. I wish I had... 
Nigel should always have the locked down audio <laughs> queued up. The same time he has that, he'll have the bullshit, bullshit, bullshit audio too. I gotta bring that a should MIDI be keyboard cute. in. Yeah, just like one of those those uh, soundboards. That's what we need. Yeah, guys, Fightful.com this weekend, uh, Saturday night, UFC Atlantic City. I'm coming at you all with a post show. Then on Sunday, myself and Adam Martin of WrestleView.com are doing a simulcast post show of Impact Redemption. And of course, next week. I think it's Friday afternoon. I am doing a Greatest Royal Rumble post show. I am strangely excited about that. That's going to be a good show. I have a ton of columns up at Fightful.com this week. I have uh, a 1,000 words on Raw and SmackDown's individual halls in the in the Superstar Shakeup. I have that exclusive on the backstage reaction to the Superstar Shakeup. I have the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which will have a bit of a mix of all that news and some other stuff on Friday. Pro Wrestling Unlimited does a great video for us on that every week. And then on Sunday, I think it is, I have a feature coming on WDB keeping us guessing about some of these matches that are coming up. Lots of cool stuff. It's been a, a wild few weeks. WDB has capitalized off that interest rather well. And Jimmy, don't forget, don't forget, go to Fightful Select after this for Stupid People Extended. Yeah. and I got uh, some more good it, ones, Sean. Got some I'm more good ones. try to do a post show from this cat party on Saturday. I don't know how it'll work out. Uh, Planet Cat, yeah? Yeah, there we go, Planet Cat. Okay, okay. And tomorrow, at some point, members-only podcast with Nigel. That'll be an interesting one. I might have to check that one out. It will be. What else you got going on this week? Let's wrap this up. Uh, well, we had uh, Ice Storm here in uh, Toronto, and I had uh, water damage at two houses, my current house Whoa. and my new house. So I am uh, going to be going to my new house once again to check out the extent of the damage. So this weather right. sucks. We were talking off the air about Mania next year. They're going to be doing New York. Yeah. Oof. That's going to be cold. Yeah. It, it's, it's They're definitely from, rolling was, the dice. It was snowing Saturday here in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It is 72 today. Mm-hmm. New York is, I am sure, even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be rolling the dice for sure. I would agree. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, like, subscribe, thumbs up. We're out. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.